I'm Susie Anetta, Editor-in-Chief of Design Anthology. And on today's episode of the podcast, we're speaking to luminary hospitality designer, Tony Chi, who's joining us from his home in Taipei. So, Tony, I hear that you were travelling around Asia at the start of the year and have now been stuck in Taipei since February. How did all of that happen? Well, at the time, it was unknown. And then New York said, why don't you stay put? Right? At the time, New York still still la da you know. And uh, <laughs> they said, why don't you stay put? Right? And may, maybe everything will resume. So I sort of said, sure, I'll, I'll hang on, I'll stay put. Mm. And the first week of March passed and the second week passed and then they realised the world's in, in deep trouble, mm. you know? So you've been... You know, I, I tell you, sorry. No, yeah. I, I was just going to say, you've been there isolated away from, you know, your wife and your daughter and the team in New York. I would love to know what you've been thinking about in that time that you've had on your own. I mean, what have you been reflecting on other than the state of the world? <laughs> well, well, you, you know, uh, when they asked me to stay in Asia, mainly because there were a couple of projects here in Asia, three of them actually, uh, that need some kind of attention as New York was facing some trouble time at the time. So I said, fine, I will stay put and I'll do the monitoring. Mm. And that's between Singapore, Bangkok, uh, and Shenzhen. Um, you know, I mean, it's not a lot of work, but uh, but give me just enough work to keep myself busy during the day. But at night, uh, oftentimes New York get into this sort of video conferencing call. It really stresses me out a little bit because it makes it my day uh, super long. Mm. You know, in other words, you know, so that you can imagine uh, that during the day you're dealing with the unknown, right? You get calls from China or Singapore, you know, people still moving on with their projects, right? Mm-hmm. So so then I have to somehow wait up to, to 8.30 at night or 9 o'clock and, and go at it again mm. for another couple of hours. Uh, then go to bed at, at one in the morning with, with full of, of things in your mind. It was it was difficult for the first couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, then we, we 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 then we all realized I think it is time uh, to calibrate uh, our way of life and and, and really strategizing uh, the what and the how. So mm. so so once I, I did that, uh, it it, it become much easier to manage. Uh, and also enjoyable, you know. Taipei is not a terrible place mm, uh, to 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 chill. I mean, it's pretty laid back. And one thing this place has is pretty amazing is it's all the all the uh, you know all the uh, hiking trails. Mm. So so I, I I did quite a bit. Uh, I learned how, how to hike uh, quite a bit. So so I I, I spent a lot of time uh, hiking until the weather got really hot. Mm. Um, you know, and of course, the, this country, of course, they're very paranoid about about this pandemic, right? So mm. everywhere you go, you see people, uh, you know, partial of their face being. Right? So, so you you sort of build this this awareness 
about seriousness about the pandemic, right? Mm. Because when you listen to the news, you know, from U.S. perspective, it's telling you different things, right? Then you listen to the European news with Italy suffering. So you look at it from more different perspective at the, at the beginning, then you have to wait out who is telling the truth, how serious is this, mm. you know? But by, by living in Taiwan at the time, I realized uh, it was serious enough. Otherwise, people cannot be that paranoid about it, right? Mm. Everywhere you go. So, so I started gathering masks because the mask was was a was a commodity that you can't really get. Right. So I contacted New York. I said, "You are you guys have enough masks?" And they said, "Oh, no need. You know, according to the government, mask is not necessary." I said, "Are you out of your mind? The whole world's wearing it, but you guys, <laughs> right?" So I said, "Would you like me to send you some masks?" They said, "Oh, no need." So at that time, I said, I was really worried about my mom, Susie, right? You know, oh. I said, you know, or James, I said, James, do me a favor, go to the hardware store, buy, uh, buy some mask uh, for my mother. So he delivered, I think it was a, was a four boxes mask, which is 40 masks of the N95 because he didn't know he just buy the whatever, the ideal. So he bought actually four boxes of N95 gifts to my mother. Then my mother refused to wear it, right? She said, you can't breathe in it. So, <laughs> so I said, oh my God. I said, now what, right? So then, of course, in Taiwan, you know, people were buying up masks and sending them to to family members, relatives, and all that. I said, oh, maybe I'll do the same. So I start uh, buying masks, right, and offering prices. It's like, it's like a like you know, they are masks to be purchased. So so I bought uh, a first one thousand masks and I sent it over to New York. And I asked my sister to manage it. So my sister actually was really funny about it. She says, oh, it's only a thousand masks. And she said, okay, every household, every person gets 10. If you have a household of three, you get 30 masks, right? So mom's only one person. She only gets 10. I said, you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went ahead and tried to find a little bit more for my mother. Um, so I did distributing masks back home. I think total probably about 2,000 so far. Uh, yeah, and and I hope they're actually using it, you know. Yeah. Um. So so that's that's sort of a, I mean, March went quickly. Then April, it didn't get better. Mm-hmm. Um. Then of course Singapore got closed, mm-hmm. right? And uh, people worked from home. Uh. I mean the, the you know the work's still going on. So every day, uh, doing what we are doing right now, talking over the internet, uh, dealing with issues. Uh, you know, but I think uh, what we encounter is not only truly to see uh, the, the difference between the clients, the client we have in Singapore, uh, sort of looking at this pandemic time uh, as an opportunity, so to speak, right? To say, mm-hmm. okay, why don't we use this kind of time to f- fix the hotel, right? Mm. So, so they have expanded some area of work. So it sort of keep me busy out here. You know, and the area where I can uh, help them while I'm in Asia. So it sounds like you haven't really had any downtime at all. I did actually. You know, you know, I I tell you, in New York, you you get up in the morning, you do your routine, right? You get up in the morning. Eventually, you have to go down uh, to the uh, to the subway and go to work, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, every day that 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 routine uh, diminished it. So so that that really. It's a it's a 
big emotional change, right? You didn't have to do that. You get up in the morning and you know, you run your bath, you make your tea, uh, you look at your garden. You, look, you know, I, I haven't been out. I mean, I except go out hiking. Otherwise, I, I stay home, right? Mm. And and so, so that's a, that's a major change, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Then I, I get to work a couple of hours and I get to do other things. Uh, you know, I decided, oh, you know, I look at the garden. And I said, oh, I'm going to fix this garden, right? Because I really never pay a lot of attention to it. Uh, just planted some trees and that was it. So this time around, I said, you know, the grass is not growing very well. So I decided, oh, maybe because of drainage. So I said, why don't I start the project? So I started the project working on the, the irrigation system, right? <laughs> I got all the dirt out and laying out the conduit to get the water out. Uh, so that took me almost five weeks. Oh, wow. Right? And okay. I, after that, yeah, yeah. Then after that, so, you know, I don't think I like grass. I kind of like the, the moss, right? Because it's very calming. Mm-hmm. So so I said, let me cultivate some moss in the garden, you know, and the moss can grow along the rocks, right? And, and that took a long time because, you know, moss requires certain shade, certain moistures, and, and also you have to get rid of all the crabgrass. So I spent a couple of hours a day uh, under the straw hat like a farmer <laughs> and, and go out there pull and to pull the weed out of the, <laughs> the, gra- the, the ground. Yeah. And, you know, there are weeds everywhere, right? So I have to go out there, you know, learn how to pull the weeds. And Susie and I'll tell you, it's an art. Uh. You know, <laughs> you, know you, you can't just go out there and rough it. You know, it's not one of those things that you're roughing it. You have to go out there and look at them. You have to pull whatever aside. Then you pull the grass and you have to breathe in and breathe out, right? When you're breathing in, you're pulling out. So then you see the roots coming out with the grass. I mean, pretty fascinating things, you know? So I, I actually enjoy doing that couple of, couple of hours a day, the front and the back. That sounds uh, lovely. Well, it's, it's a breathing exercise. Just think about the yoga. Yeah, very meditative. <laughs> To me, you yeah, are such absolutely. a New Yorker, but I'm I'm curious to know how you're feeling about Taipei. Do you think you would ever live there full time? I don't think so. You know, I was talking to a lot of people here and they all say, oh, I can't wait to go to London. I can't wait to go to Paris and all that. I say, you know, after my, uh, I, I'll resonate this after 100 days. I can tell you it is not important where you're going, but it is important you must leave the city or leave the country or leave the island go somewhere because this this place you feel very close in you know you, 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 it's almost like you stay in your neighborhood never leave mm-hmm. and that sort of gets to me a bit mm-hmm. uh even though i go up to the mountain right i go hike and whatnot you know once you go up to the mountain uh all the mountains are related you know they're all cousins and brothers and sisters right so you're still surrounded by the same emotion <laughs> uh so i mean occasionally i go to the ocean Right, but I'm not a surfer, right? I go out there, I just look at things. Then what else is there? You know, I mean, I I can stay home. I I went to the art supply store, uh, pick up the watercolor set, right? Oh, nice. And I started doing my watercolor in the afternoon. I mean, you 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 just try to find things to do. Um, active things, oftentimes I miss the most because in New York, uh, we have the park. Uh, you know, we have things to do we can ride the bike we have many things to do uh, but here you don't because the weather controls everything right i mean yeah. you, you get this sort of uh, uh that, that 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 you know 38 degrees humid uh, hot air like a steamboat 
Yeah. Um, you, you know, it's, it's very much like Hong Kong. Yeah, I don't think I people realise how hot Taiwan gets, actually. I think... Um, oh, it's really hot. Yeah. Really, really hot. You know, I had a, uh, I had three key, uh, heat strokes, which I didn't know what it was. Oh, uh, really? Until when they see the doctor, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, you need to take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to work, though, I mean, obviously, you've said that there's there's projects still happening and, and Alison seems to be obviously working and everyone in the office there. How have you found this transition? I mean, obviously, technology would be playing a big part of that, but has it been a smooth transition or has it been a bit bumpy? Uh, I think both. Uh, it, it, it depends on the, uh, the subject matter. You know, design is a very intimate thing, right? Um, and when you want to be intimate and yet you're so physically far away, uh, that's frustrating. Mm. You know, and design is a dialogue. Design is something you, you, you take an excursion together and find the unknown, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, we recognize what needs to be resolved, but the excursion uh, allow the team or yourself to find, you know, creative answers, suppose, right? So, so that is that is difficult because you 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 really don't have that sharing capability. Mm. Uh, yes, you can use sort of a, a apps. You know, they can see your screen, but there's always a delay. Uh, you know, and drawing and and thought process is is intuitive things, right? And you you really need to have this sort of very quick intuitive uh, response. So I find that frustrating. Uh, but if you are talking about uh, the, uh, the big pictures, right? If you're doing, I say, uh, if I'm talking about space planning or if I'm talking about narrative, uh, you talk about story building. Uh, it's kind of fun because you can see everyone sort of, you can hear their voice, you can, you can hear their laughing and talking. You know, it's kind of nice, mm. you know, almost like you're talking to a big family from living room to the kitchen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so, so you, you sort of get both. Yeah. Um, but where I find difficult for me is I don't have a bouncing ball. Mm. You know, design is about sometimes you want to have a bouncing ball during the day when I'm working on, on design. Um, you want to bounce some, from somebody, but I'm here alone. Mm. So, so I can throw the design against the wall. It just doesn't come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, so that, that part of it troubles me. But I think the studio life, uh, when you're stuck, uh, you can always go to someone, you know? Mm. Uh, here is difficult. Here I have to wait till the end of the day or wait till in the morning right. to talk to New York. Right. Well, I'm, I'm also really curious to know during this time, you know, uh, whether you've had time to reflect and think about the industry because obviously travel and hotels have been hugely impacted by what's mm. happening. We're still mm. in the middle of it. We're recording this in July now. Uh, I'm curious mm -hmm. to know, you know, you always have such, I think, profound thoughts about hospitality and I think that's what makes you so great at what you do and I'm very curious to hear about whether your definition of hospitality has changed at all, whether you think that that will remain the same? Uh, terrific question. I think, I think you have just created a word called awakening. Mm. 
I I think hospitality it is in the everyday living, right? We all knew this. This is about having your subconsciousness being connected somehow, right? And then you develop certain etiquette, you know, and, and the etiquette is what hospitality really means. So with this pandemic, uh, I think most of the people sort of got caught and didn't know what to do. Right, and some of the people more fortunate have country houses, uh, country house, and they, they, you know, they, they, they go away. Right, some lesser, lesser privileged one doing apartment sharing, they also encounter some challenges. Right, being cooked up in a small quarter. So, so in 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 fact, probably uh, wake them up a little bit about, oh gee, you know, how much I should appreciate public spaces while I have it. You know, or when I had it. Uh, or, or you know, my travel. Uh, a lot of people take things for granted. So, so I think this pandemic probably gave a lot of people ample time to reflect, right? Now, equally for me as well. You know, I have been uh, talking to the hotel industry or the travel industry about uh, proportional growth, right? Uh, or uh, cultivating growth uh, instead of a uh, grow for the sake of growing. You know, I always said, uh, you can build a great hotel, but you got to have equally cultivated enough people to facilitate the body you build, right? Mm. You know, you can't just have a hotel without uh, people in it to build the soul, right? So I talked about it for years, you know? So now in time like this, right, who will survive? No one, because there are no travelers, mm. right? So what about the people who actually uh, within the hotel domain? Uh, what about their everyday life? So do you treat these people as a part of a commodity that don't come to work tomorrow, right? And your home now is closed. Or do you really believe in the philosophy of the hotel is your home, right? And the other who travel far and near come to visit you, right? So this sort of philosophy now it's awakened to their their, their 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 everyday life. They have to evaluate and say, well, how important it is to me, right? Now, without the travelers now, what do we do, right? And they're still working. I mean, don't forget, you know, a lot of hotels may have a zero occupancy or, or, or very whatever it may be, but a lot of them still open. I mean, right. you do have a staff of 500, 800, what do you do with these people, right? So this is sort of the time um, a lot of company actually get to recalibrate and that's called awakening, right? They they have to somehow revisit this. Secondly, when it comes to food and beverage, I always say to them, I say, you know, it is the, the restaurant and the hotel that should not just be feeding the mass. One day, one day people don't come, then who are you feeding? Then the food's no longer fresh, right? Mm -hmm. So I always say you're made to order. Right? But this has nothing to do with the pandemic at this time. This is really keeping it fresh and keeping it good. Mm. So now with this pandemic, of course, we talked about it. And then I say, well, I, I, I certainly don't know, Sudi, what's, what's next. Right? I don't have a crystal ball. But I do know one thing, buffet is out. Right? <laughs> mm -hmm. right? So now, now for us to reflect back and say, oh, you know, we always had an open kitchen. And those days, old days, people say, that's a show kitchen. Let me show you. But today... The show kitchen, the open kitchen, actually quite practical, right? Because you still have this interactive dining environment. And how do we do it, right? Now, this is basically when you awaken to your know-how and make the connection, right? Before you don't, 
before show kids you just to show right it's not much of a, a, a of a function other than to show off your 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 kitchen mm. so today i think from design side of it people had to say well i have an open kitchen right and i need to be part of them and they need to be part of us at the same time using the kitchen to manage uh this sort of hygiene concern so so you can sort of narrow into a problem and hopefully come up with a very elegant solution right to revive uh the potential business that you have mm-hmm. so so i think a lot of people are doing that and that's sort of one of the subjects we're actually talking about of course people may do it differently they say well then let me build a, a plexiglass screen around the around the kitchen so they they, they can't touch, but can you imagine to do a temporary shower curtain around the kitchen? How would that look, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I can see uh, this pandemic, no questions are, 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 is, is forcing people um, to come up with a solution to exhibit their elegance, right? And some people will do better than others. So I, I'm kind of a, uh, eager to see the end result. And, and secondly, of course, the recalibrating, right? Uh, you know, so the, I think in the hospitality industry, uh, people tend to forget, uh, you know, what does it mean, right? Especially in Asia here, there's so many hotels uh, have been open in the last 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. So now the hotel now is like a, like a Grand Central Station, right? And people have very little uh, reckoning to the purpose of a hotel. You know, and 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 and, and hotel is really no different than uh, the Starbucks coffee in, in a way of speak, right? Because formality more or less the same. So what really is the difference between hotel cafe versus Starbucks coffee? Mm. Right. Then probably the only difference you one you get the paper cup, another way you get a porcelain cup, right? So so I think this also allows us to think about, uh, you know, as I said earlier, appreciation of your everyday life so mm-hmm. you get to choose to say oh you know i really missing dressed up or dressed properly to go somewhere mm-hmm. right and i'm actually talking to you about how i actually feel right now yeah. because i haven't i haven't put on my jacket for almost three months oh my gosh <laughs> right so, so every day every day you wear a t-shirt and you know i mean do i miss it yeah i miss it i miss going somewhere yeah uh, I, I i i miss the uh, various formality, right? So, so the same that goes in the hotel industry today. Maybe people say, "Oh, you know, I miss dressed up. Maybe I, I miss the certain business attire to go to the hotel." Right? So, mm. so I think awakening is probably the key. Well, you started out uh, designing restaurants before you evolved into, you know, other forms of hospitality. So I would love to hear your thoughts on the restaurant of the future, because for me, I think there's been a lot of talk about, uh, you know, separating people and, um, you know, having fewer numbers. And I guess all of those things are catering towards the virus. But I think... You know, for me, one of the key things about going to a restaurant, yes, A, it's getting dressed up, but it's that energy and the, the dynamism that comes from a room full of people, right? Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't know if I want to go to restaurants that are half full and separated by plexiglass screens. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? What do you think? Well, you, you know, I, I tell you, I, I think in the last 10 years, I, I've been talking to a lot of hotel or even the restaurant 
operators. I think you know you gotta be careful uh, with the half full versus the half empty, right? Mm. So so I always enjoy uh, intimate intimate spaces, right? I'm not one of those kind of guys that all love to go to a restaurant that's 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 two thousand square meter, you know, and 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 I'm lost in it. So so I've been talking about this also for a long time. I think you know. Uh, not necessarily just a hotel. I think, you know, we can always create intimate spaces, right? I think people prefer to have an intimate space, as you just call it, energy level. Mm-hmm. If I in the if I in an environment where you have let's say thirty people in that zone, you know, thirty people uh, is really give you the word of hey, little bistro, right? You still get that same buzzing, right? But you take five bistro together, you know, that's 150 people, mm. but they are not necessarily on the same zone. So I think zoning it uh, is one way of dealing with it because I always felt that the human kind of enjoying that human scale. So if you have, let's say, in the zone where we have booths, you know, the Americans just love their booths, right? Mm. So you have these sort of alcove. You have these booths mm-hmm. uh, that holds four people, six people, right? And creating this pocket all over. I think people like that. You can hang a little bit longer. You can spend a little bit more, and you feel a little bit, a little more territorial. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you still can feel that there are people around you. Sometimes it's not about seeing them, but sometimes it's to feel that you're not alone, right? So, mm. so I think. These these are the things we, we, we sort of always try to promote that, but it's very, very difficult because you will hear the operator say, oh, I will prefer to see everyone because uh, I don't know how to service them otherwise. Mm. Right? So now, of course, uh, as you know, Susie, it takes two hands to clap, right? <laughs> and the operator needs to somehow to say, oh, how do I calibrate my service now? Right? Mm. You know, if you say I spread them far apart, my, I got to travel far more, mm. right? So therefore, as a waiter, you know, I got to have to triple out my travel distance and yet uh, not able to serve them well. So I think you have to calibrate to look at it from both ends. I I, I mean, I, I tell the uh, hotel operator or perhaps the restaurateur to say, what if I suggest that we, instead of building a one huge restaurant, you know, that seat about 250 people, I said, what if I break it down to three? What if I build you three restaurants, each one seat about 75 people, mm. okay? And now with 75 people, when they're half full, what are we talking about? 35, 40 people, right? But now think about this, 40 people in a smaller environment, let's say 200 square meter, it feels better. Mm-hmm. Right. So instead of having uh, these people spread out in 2000 square meter, uh, very far apart. So I, I think having smaller spaces in in lieu of having big spaces because you need to spread them out. You need to know that difference. Uh, I don't believe uh, the future of restaurant is uh, getting bigger spaces and have lesser seats. I just think the future of the restaurant will be smaller spaces but more uh, creatively uh, carve out uh, alcoves and, and dining uh, pockets. Uh, perhaps the pockets is the way to put it, mm. you know? And yet still justify uh, your revenue base. Well, I like the sound of that. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so, you know, obviously we're all in, uh, you know, varying degrees of lockdown at the moment, whether we're physically mm -hmm. confined to our homes, but we're certainly not travelling. Um, and, you know, I guess it's sort of something that some of us enjoy talking about as a bit of a way to look towards the future and perhaps appreciate what life was like before. So in the spirit of that, I would love to talk to you a little bit about uh, what you're looking forward to when you are able to travel again and maybe to start with in terms of hotels. So when you're travelling, what are you looking for out of a hotel experience? Let's say you're staying at a property that you haven't designed you know, how do you make your decisions and choose somewhere to stay when you're on the road? Well, you know, likely when everything back to norm, I kind of like the idea of staying where I am. <laughs> so I think, I think, I think travel then become a a must kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Must I go? Right? Must I go? Uh, and I mentioned earlier, you know, for for the last one hundred days in Taiwan, uh, I know I need to get out. Right. So now, what do I get out for? So, so everything will be more purposeful driven. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, I go into solitude for ten days, or if I need to travel for five days, excitement. So, what is the purpose? So that's the first thing you establish your purpose. Then you choose where do you want to go, right? And where do you want to stay? Now, wherever I choose where I want to stay, probably I may say I am looking for something more intimate. Uh, I think these grand scale hotels probably will not be my preference. I probably will prefer somewhere I can be more intimate and more personalized uh, with the operator. So smaller hotel probably it. I'll give you another example. This is right uh, around the uh, right before the pandemic time. I was traveling to Singapore, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I. I, I just me, maybe I'm a job, but you know, I always tumble dry my pillows every week. Uh, I do. I mean, I, I do that every week. Uh, take my, my pillows, go out to these commercial dryers and tumble dry for an hour, right? Just to kill the germ, right? So, and, and I, I, in the hotel I used to stay in, I know the housekeeper well, and I will say, can you do this thing for me when I check in? I say, can you just take my pillow and have a tumble drive for me? And they usually do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? And because, because the privilege I have, right? Mm -hmm. uh, now, when I travel, I may not have the same privilege, right? Mm -hmm. So I may want to find place small enough where I can negotiate my way to say, can you take care of certain hygiene for me? Mm -hmm. So what is important? probably hygiene, mm -hmm. you know, and I think hygiene always important for me. Uh, I think for hotel environment, we always focus on that. But when you are in the 500 room hotel, uh, I mean, do they actually tumble dry your pillow every day? I doubt it, right? So, so but they do, they, they do do this. Don't think they don't, they do, but they do the rotation, right? Maybe every week. Um, but, but because me, and I say, you know, I want my pillow to be tumble dry every time when I stay in. Right? So, so hygiene is one issue. And second part of it is privacy. Mm. Mm, you know, and I, I think, uh, you know, we, when we used to be a, uh, you know, a nomad, right? Travel for business. Uh, we, we sort of lose our, uh, our consciousness. Uh, going to a place we're not aware of certain environment, right? You go to the hotel lobby, I mean, a lobby doesn't mean anything anymore. 
no different than going to a Grand Central Terminal. So now you're probably looking for heartwarming uh, arrival mm-hmm. or heartwarming departure, right? You're looking for that, uh, that sense of belonging, mm. you know, instead of the uh, here I am, right? Because, you know, I say travel becoming a purposeful. So you want to be able to celebrate uh, the critical moment, right? The moment uh, when you arrive somewhere, uh, the moment you are about to depart, going somewhere. So those moments, it becomes more uh, uh, um, self-aware of, right? So so I, I think when I'm, what am I looking for in the hotels? I'm looking for those moments, mm-hmm. you know, more, more, more than... Uh, anything else now what i travel for business think about this right you know what was happening for the last uh 100 days three months right where the business goes on right people find way uh to work right now look at the offices and i i you know i say our office so we have a huge amount of the space it's been sitting empty for three months or two months, two and a half months. Right. Right. And you're still paying the rent or you're paying whatever it is. And bigger corporations, they pay even more. So they may have to think about this and say, oh, gee, you know, do we really want to cut down our operating costs? I think this is something that people will look at the necessity of travel. Mm-hmm. Must you go? You must. Do you have to go? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think this will, will have an impact for those who travel. That means the purpose of that trip is much, much more clearer than before. Mm. Yeah. You know, so so I, I, I think for hotel industry, you know, as you know, the business called the mice business, the, the meeting incentive, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that may increase because that has a very clear purpose. So I think the hotel industry may look at it and say, how do we, a value to any corporation. How do we become of their operating life, right? Mm. So, so I think in the leisure business, uh, you know, again, it depends on individual, right? I mean, look at the people nowadays who deal with their financial crisis. So, how many people can really think about? Oh, yeah, this year I still got my leisure budget, mm. right? So, so people, yeah, so people be more more conscious about. Uh, how they disperse uh, their purchasing ability, right? I mean, look, I see all my friends are doing the hiking, uh, walking, uh, you know, what does it cost to them? Probably nothing. You you take a little trail in Hong Kong, you walk about for four hours. It costs you very little money, mm. right? So, then you, so you will value uh, your spending very differently nowadays. I, I believe that. Right? So mm-hmm. people say, well, what I, do I want to pay, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the 10,000 Hong Kong uh, to stay in, in whereabouts, right? You probably have to think twice about that. Yeah. Then, of course, airline. You know, I, I thought about going back to New York, Susie, and um, regardless the the, the the status quo of New York, but home is there, mm-hmm. right? But the question is, do I want to take that risk of flying? Right, it is not about New York is safe or not safe, right? The question is how safe is it to fly uh, fifteen hours? Uh, you know, I see people uh, full gear up 
uh, with the PPE and the mask that works travel on the plane. I said, do I want to do that? Mm. I'm not sure, right? And I even tried to make a, a booking with the uh, with the airline, Eva Air or, or Air China, whatever it is, to go back to New York. And they basically said, you know, they cut down their flights significantly. And uh, and then now they have to work on the reciprocal kind of approach. So that the, the flight depart from New York to Taipei needs to be relatively full before they can fly people from Taipei back to New York. I said, you must be kidding. So I need to be on standby. Mm. They said, yeah. I said, well, that's not a terrible, that, that's not a good way to fly, right? So that's the current moment. But what's going to happen in the future? You know, it's going to take a while to pick up that, that pace. Yeah, right? I think you're right. You know? So it sounds like you will probably be, if not traveling less, at least a bit more conscious of where you're going. And so on that note, I'd, I'd love to know if there's somewhere that's maybe at the top of your bucket list that you're, you know, that you would get on a plane to go to other than home. But when we are able to travel for leisure again, where are you really keen to get to? Well, I think somewhere that's important enough. That's the first of all, and what is important to me and to you may be all different, right? And I've been thinking about seriously, uh, to say, oh, I can't wait for the autumn to go to Scotland, you know, because, you know, this maybe because it's hot, human weather really getting to me. So I can't <laughs> wait to go to the highland and put on my, my sweater and feel good about it, right? Yeah. So yeah, if, I, if I'm able to travel, I mean, I was talking to, uh, my dear friend James last night an Irish. I said, you know, I said, I said, you know, why don't uh, we or another friend of my dear Jordan, she's also Irish. I said, why don't we plan a trip to go to Ireland for the autumn? And James says, which autumn? I said, this autumn. He said, well, I don't think so. Because this autumn, no one's going to travel. I said, oh, right. So it becomes autumn 2021. I said, oh, that's far away. Right? So, so what is my nearest travel? Where do I want to go? Well, I, I want to go home, all right? I want, and then I want to go be able to uh, go somewhere I desperately missed. And so far, I don't miss the beach. I don't miss the hot weather. Uh, I just miss somewhere I can, you know, enjoy what I'm missing. Right? <laughs> it's the cold weather. Right. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's totally understandable. Speaking of which, which I, yeah, which I, 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 I've been talking to Alex. I said, you know, when can I come back, right? Uh, and uh, I, and I said, is it safe to travel uh, in October because I hate to miss uh, New York autumn, mm. right? You know, and of course, will New York be a safe place to stay? Right? Regardless, I still want to go home, but is it safe to travel? So these are the things that, that, that uh, crosses my mind. Yeah, I can imagine. I would love to know if there's anything that the studio is working on right now uh, that you're able to talk about. Um, are there you know, projects that you're working on? Have they been pushed back or are most projects still on track and on schedule as they were before all of this? Uh, you know, the studio has been recalibrating the type of work we do. Uh, and people say, oh, Tony, how did you know? I said, how did I know what? The pandemic. I said, oh, I didn't know. You know, since 2017, uh, in November, I recalibrated. I suggest that we recalibrate our studio for what we truly believe in, how we prepare uh, to the next step. 
right? And one thing we did not want to do is just just do another typical, what you guys call it, a luxury five-star hotel. We find that rather boring, actually, uh, because more or less they're all the same, right? So, so we, we try to say, well, how and what difference can we make? So the type of work we start looking for is allow us to do that. So, so we did that, and the type of work we're currently doing are more of those type of work focus. And because of that, uh, the pandemic impact truly limited. But if the, but if we were doing these typical five star hotel, I'm sure they're all gonna stop. So luckily, our work uh, really hasn't been uh, fully stopped. But that's one. Two. Uh, the changes and the adjustment we need to make uh, it, it has been inevitable, right? Because you know, with this pandemic, uh, human behavior, you know, you know, does have certain adjustment. So we are adjusting those those works. And where these works are, you know, we have, uh, you know, Allison and the team built. They're working on a a project in London, uh, and that really is about how do we embraces the neighborhood, right? You know, we've been talking about hotels should be part of the neighborhood, should not be an isolated uh, environment, right? Hotel or hotel design uh, has been about isolation. It's about creating a fortress, you know? Mm. So we think a hotel should be part of the urban setting or the or the having a contact uh directly relate to the content, right? So we, we've been talking about this for years. So this project in London sort of allowed us to be able to open up the part of the neighborhood, you know, the, the, the park lane or the high park or whatever it may be, right? So then you can craft the content within it to facilitate the context, right? Mm. So so that project, uh, Alison, Bill, they, they're working on, unfortunately, they can't travel through London, but I know they are having their regular uh, video conference for London, which is very unfortunate. I'm not able to take part. Uh, it's a time zone difference. Mm. So, so this is some project that the studio continue working on. Second, I I said this is funny, you know, Susie. For for the last ten years, I said calibrating people's way of life does not doesn't get started with commercial spaces, but it should get started with your home. Okay, mm. and I said the home should not be taking it for granted. You know, us developer uh, oftentimes they say, "Madam, you should buy a three-bedroom apartment with a wonderful living room." Blah blah blah. You know, the 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 the, the typical expected uh, you know program that you will buy from a developer. Mm. I think you know that needs to be challenged, right? In other words, instead of uh, buying or designing a home with the expected nouns, right? The nouns are, yes, there's a walk-in closet, uh, there is a, a bathroom, there's a bedroom. Let's get rid of all that to say, here is new way of living. There is a sleeping quarter, but the sleeping quarter can evolve into something else, right? So, so how do we define, redefine home living? So we talked about this for 10 years, and we try to bridge the difference between commercial living and versus private living. We talked about it, not too many people pay attention to it, but now, my God, this pandemic, how much time do you spend at home? Now, do most of the people will, will say, oh, I wish my home, I had this, wish I did that, right? There's a lot of things they wish they done, right? But they didn't. So this was certainly 
awaken their the next project to say, oh, if I do a home, it should be the following things, right? Now you take my uh, little pet pair in Taipei that I know I was gonna stay here for three months. No way, <laughs> right? It always been a small pet tail when I travel from US to, to Asia and there's a first stop where I can come in, shower, repack and go again, mm-hmm. right? So, so did, I, did I have a huge kitchen? No, I don't, right? But I do have a, enough amenity, you know, it's, it's 100 square meter for one person. That's not a bad space, mm. right? But I do have a lot of corners here, the TV corner, the, the, the desk corner, the eating corner, the afternoon nap corner. So <laughs> I got a lot of tiny little corners offer me variety. But can you imagine I didn't? I'll be doing going to the same chair every day for the next for the for the last one hundred days. I'll go nuts. Maybe the chair will eject me right out of it because you know the chair may say I had enough of you. <laughs> right. So I, you know, I luckily uh, created the 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 outcomes that gave me variety. So people may have to say, how do I then create variety at home? Right. So. Because this sort of thinking, Susie, I, you know, Allison and I were talked about, I say maybe we should focus on home. So we have taken uh, many uh, home projects, residential projects, uh, and they're all very private. Uh, they are giving us a very intimate time to talk to people who truly matter because they matter to their home because they want to know how they're going to live, right? And it matters to me mainly because I do want to craft something that matters to them. So, so you had this sort of one-on-one kind of intimate talk uh, during the pandemic time, even become more intimate because you can share this sentiment about being home, mm. right? So the thing they sort of wish they had, and, and, they, and then we can say, well, let's build this into the future, right? Mm. You know, and right, it is interesting, right? And and people say, oh, I never thought staying home can be so relaxing, right? I say I always find staying home very relaxing. You know, most of the people go home and like a pit stop, right? They come in, they they, they take a shower, and they, they go again, right? So the home is just a place where they where they sleep, right? And I think all this will change, mm. and we are changing that. Uh, mainly because we feel the, there are two parts uh, of our life is important, right? One is a public and one is private. And I think both lives should have this sort of a balance, right? Complement to one another. So that make you live fully. And we want to be able to create that for people. Uh, and then we want them to realize uh, when they do go somewhere, they carry their their emotion. They carry their their good manner to go to public places, right? And they appreciate that space and they actually enjoy that space. Equally, when they return back to their 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 little cocoon, their home, and they carry the the the, the wonderful etiquette back home, right? So this this continuity between in and out uh, synergizes it as a one, and and I think that makes uh, living fuller. I mean, theoretically, right? That's what we hope to do. So people can appreciate their home uh, a little bit more, but does not push their home uh, based on whether it's lavish or not lavish, but rather the home emotionally connected, right? So, so 
So the residential project that gave us a great, great opportunity uh, to, to, to uh, uh, you know, the opportunity to share this very intimate feeling with, with a client. So mm. these projects still ongoing. Um, well, I hope that I get the chance to see one of these residences one day. Um, <laughs> but I, I wanted to um, I want to wrap up now and just say thank you so much, Tony. It's it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Um, you know, I would have loved to have been able to do it face to face in the same room, and hopefully, we'll have that opportunity again someday. But uh, stay safe and well in Taipei. Thank you. Thank and, you, Susie. Uh, it's, yeah. All right, do come to see me when you're able to uh, to travel. I would love I can, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you we give you 14 days quarantine <laughs> uh, comfortably. <laughs> uh, sounds... I will be the Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty amazing. I might take you off on that. Oh, <laughs> uh, anytime. Thanks so All much, right, you Tony. You take care of yourself, okay? You too.